0: Welcome to the Living by Faith podcast. My name is Josh DeGroat, and this is episode number five. Thanks for checking this out. This is a podcast where we look at current news and events, theology, practical issues, and a bit of history, all from the perspective of the Christian's life of faith in Christ. I hope you find it helpful, informative, and encouraging. Let's get started. What do you do when the COVID-19 model's being used to steer public policy keep getting it so wrong? and keep getting it wildly wrong. It was the model from the Imperial College that was wildly inaccurate with its original predictions that helped to steer the policies undertaken by European countries, UK most notably, and the US, at least initially. These models predicted that there would be upwards of 500,000 deaths in the UK and 2.2 million in the US. The head scientist or the, the, the head scientist that... Um, put out these predictions. Neil Ferguson later said he was incorrect and he he scaled it back and said in the UK there might be as little as 20,000 deaths. So he was not just a little wrong, he 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 was wildly wrong in his original predictions. Well, it's important to know that models are only as good as the data you put in them. A model is, well, it's just a model. You have to feed it data in order to get information, and that information will be helpful or not depending on the data you put in. It will be garbage or good depending on what you feed it. In my college uh, computer programming classes, the phrase that was used often over and over again by my professors was garbage in, garbage out. If you put garbage into your program, the output you're going to get is also going to be garbage. So what should we do when the same people who have been so wrong have updated information based on their models? For instance, the IHME model, which is also being used to steer policy in some some way. The IHME is a, it's an organization um, started by Bill and Melinda Gates. Their model showed on April 1st, it predicted that in Iowa, in the state of Iowa, there would be 1,300 deaths by April 30th. Yet... As of May 3rd, just a few days ago, there were 184 deaths. But now the same model is spitting out updated data with huge numbers. So, so what's going on? Why do they keep getting it so wrong? Why do they keep moving the goalpost? Well, there's at least a few options. At least there, there's, there's probably more than this, but at least a few. Maybe they really don't have a clue. Those that are using the models, they just don't have a clue. So the, the, the output is wildly inaccurate because they don't know what they're doing. I think that's doubtful, but it's possible. Maybe they are finally getting a handle on the situation and this time they're right. That could be possible as well. Or maybe, another option is, maybe they have ulterior motives and nefarious purposes. I heard one doctor recently say, he's a doctor in Minnesota who also happens to be a state legislator, and he was looking at how these, the information from these models was producing such widespread fear and panic, and he said, fear is a good tool to control people's behavior. Of course, every parent understands that. There's certain fearful things we want to plant in our kids' minds so that they act accordingly. We tell them that, that, that flame, that, that uh, yellowish, orangish, bluish flame, you don't want to put your hand in that, even though it looks interesting because it'll hurt you really bad. But of course, the history of the world is full of examples of governments wielding the same powerful tool of fear to get their people to do things they wouldn't otherwise do. As Christians, and we ought to think like Christians, We believe that God knows exactly what's going on. Romans 11 says, Oh, the depth of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable are his ways. He sees the hearts of each and every person and he knows their intentions He knows their good, bad, or otherwise, their intentions. And furthermore, he is the judge of all the earth. He will judge every person based on their actions and their intentions. And therefore, as Christians, we can rest assured of that. This has brought great assurance to Christians for millennia. We believe that God is just and right and good, and he knows all things. And we, can all, he, we also believe that he can give us wisdom to make our way through this present melee with, the, with its avalanche of information that's coming from all directions. We need wisdom. We need the wisdom of God's word, and God can give it to us. God will give it to us. In fact, did you know that the Bible lays out how to handle an epidemic? Of course, you and I are not, <laughs> we're not in any position to influence directly policy, probably. But the Bible does lay out how to handle something like this. And it includes quarantining, but quarantining certain people, the sick and the vulnerable, not the healthy. What a thought, right? What a thought. Finally, God can give comfort and quiet our hearts when there's so much discomfort and noise all around us. And we need that. Psalm 131 says, I do not occupy myself with things too great for me but i have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother so christian a little bit of skepticism some healthy skepticism of those who have been so wrong before but keep pumping out information that we're supposed to take for granted a little skepticism or maybe a lot questioning would be good but more importantly A quieting of our souls before God, knowing that he is the all-knowing, all-powerful God who is the judge of all the earth. This will give us stability, steady footing as we make our way through this. Isaiah 33, 6 says, and he will be the stability of your times. We need him to be that. Stability for our times now, next year, and to the end of our lives. The next section is the catechesis section. For centuries, Christians gave themselves to the practice of learning the doctrines of the Christian faith by way of a catechism. Catechesis simply means to teach orally or to instruct by word of mouth. This is a practice that was incredibly helpful in times past, and I think it's sorely missed in our day, and that we would benefit tremendously by taking, up, taking it up again. And so I just want to do my part from week to week to promote this practice, the practice of catechesis. All that said, so what I'm doing is I'm making my way through a modern catechism called the New City Catechism. What it does is it takes from some ancient, tried and true creeds and catechisms from the past and puts them in more modern vernacular in the form of 52 questions and answers with scripture. So there's one for each week of the year. You can download the app for free on your phone, and I would highly encourage you to do that. So we are going to cover question and answer number five today. Question number five is this, what else did God create? Answer, God created all things by his powerful word, and all his creation was very good. Everything flourished under his loving rule. In Colossians 1.16, referring to Christ, who is God, the eternal Son of God, listen to the exhaustive language to describe God's work in creation. It says this, For by him all things were created in heaven and, and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Let's think about these words for just a A few moments all things were created all things in the earth or on the earth from the massive himalaya mountains with its towering mount everest to the smallest subatomic particles you cannot see with the naked eye everything was created by god everything on planet earth but also everything in the heavens beyond the earth think about the vastness of the universe It's staggering. Planet Earth belongs to the Milky Way galaxy. The Milky Way galaxy is 100,000 light years in length and has between 100 and 400 billion stars. And yet, the Milky Way galaxy is a tiny galaxy compared to many other galaxies that we know of. And then think about this. There are billions of galaxies. 100 to 200 billion galaxies is what astronomers tell us. And God made it all by his powerful word. The opening words of the Bible are in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and we're told how he created the heavens and the earth when each day's work in creation begins with the words and God said. It's amazing. Our answer to question 5, or answer number 5 to question 5, also instructs us that God created everything good. It was all good. God was happy with his work. Of course, we know that sin entered the world, and death and the curse through sin, but creation itself was good. Very good, in fact. And this is made explicitly clear over and over again, when after each day in the creation account, God looks at what he made And the biblical text tells us he saw that it was very good. So when we think about God's creation as Christians, we need to think it is good. Our bodies are good. Planet Earth is good. It's corrupted by sin, of course, but God created it good. This leads to our Bible passage to go along with question and answer five. And it's from Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. It says this, And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. In the history section, I want to spend a bit of time talking about the printing press and its importance to the spread of the gospel. I think it's safe to say that we often take the printing of books for granted, and in particular, the printing or our access to the Bible. But prior to the printing press, copies of books and, and, and the scriptures were made the only way they could be, namely by hand. It would take a scribe or a monk up to two years of tedious, painstaking daily work to copy the Bible by hand. So not many people own books, not many people own bi- Bibles, and in fact, Bibles were often chained to a pulpit or an altar in a church because they were so rare, and the, the leaders, the priests, were concerned that their Bible, the church Bible, would be stolen, so they'd chain it to the altar or the pulpit. We know that God is the author of history, and so it's important to see the history, or excuse me, it's important to see in history the outworking of God's plan. And what is the, God, what is the plan or mission of God? It's for his name to be known and rejoiced in and praised among the nations. Psalm 67 says that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among the nations. This is God's plan. This is what he wants. This is what he's working for. So let's talk about the Gutenberg printing press and how this worked in God's providence to further the gospel. In the year 1440, a German goldsmith named Johannes Gutenberg invented a printing press And it changed the world, and that's not an understatement. Of course, the original scriptures were in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. But at the time of the printing press, the only other Bible the church used was the Latin Vulgate. And of course, nobody spoke Latin, almost nobody. And oftentimes, even the priest didn't speak Latin. The first book produced by the Gutenberg printing press was a copy of the Latin Vulgate. This was in 1455 or 1456. This set the stage for what God would do next. Because it wasn't long after the printing press came along that the Protestant Reformation exploded on the scene in Europe. The Protestant Reformation had a huge emphasis on the scriptures and the need for everyone to have access to the scriptures in their native tongue. Specifically, Martin Luther had a passion that each person in his country of Germany would have the scriptures that they could read for themselves so he set to work on translating the old new testament into german and someone like william tyndale whose efforts to translate the bible into english were underway uh, for william tyndale it, it actually cost him his life he was burned at the stake by the roman catholic church for his work in translating the new, the, the bible into english So important is the Protestant understanding of the scriptures that missionary efforts ever since have included the translation of the Bible into the tongues of unreached peoples that they are trying to reach with the gospel. How astounding is it in God's providence, in God's governing of history, that shortly after the printing press was invented, efforts to translate the scriptures into common languages just took off. In fact, William Tyndale famously is credited with saying to a priest who was hostile toward his efforts of translating the Bible into English, he said to this priest, if God spare my life, before long I shall cause a plowboy to know the scriptures better than you do. And by God's grace, Tyndale's vision was fulfilled. As Christians, we need to know our history. We need to know... Our history, our rich history, it is precious. And we should praise God for the printing press and for men like William Tyndale and others who died in order to provide the English... Well, Tyndale died in order to provide the English Bible, but others who gave their lives to translate the Bible into common languages so people could have access to the scriptures. More importantly, we should love the Bible. We should... Pray that God would help us not take the scriptures for granted. They are the very words of God. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God. Without the Bible, the way of salvation is unknown, and we are without hope. Listen to how David, in Psalm 19, verses 7-10, to exalts in the word of God. He says, The law of the Lord is perfect. No wonder David spoke of God's word in such a way. It is the propagation of the truth of the gospel contained in the Bible which will bring the nations, all peoples, into the glad-hearted, eternal worship of our glorious Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks again for listening to the Living by Faith podcast. If you found it helpful, please subscribe, like, and share. Until next time, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Spirit be with you all.